I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown up? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all for us? Yeah. Rob Hutzpitt is living out his acting dream in North Texas, one independent film at a time. He, like many artists, work a day job to have the freedom to be an actor. And the roles and opportunities here are even slimmer in North Texas. His day job actually improved his acting, first as a patient, then as the coordinator of the simulated patient program with Texas A&M. He's an SMU graduate, and you might start seeing him in some indie films in the near future. I hope you enjoy my chat with Rob Hutzpeth. We are here today, Dallas Famous, with actor Rob Hutzpeth. Yeah. Is that absolutely. how you introduce yourself? Actor? Yeah, yeah, Rob Hutzpeth, and I'm with uh, Andrew Sherman. Yeah. Yeah, well, they know that. <laughs> my name's on the well, thing. Well, I, I know that, uh, so. No, but I mean, like, I, is that, you're, you're an actor. That's how you can present yourself. Yeah, and, and that's that's how we met. Yes. Originally, too. Yes, so. in T. Bell's class way back when. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've I've had every other job, you know, that they have out there, but actor has been you know, my main focus, I believe, probably since... 1992. Okay. Yeah. 92. Yeah. I mean, so I lived in LA for a while and uh, so I have that perspective, but like, what is it? Let's just start with what is it like trying to be an actor, a working actor in North Texas? Uh, it's not easy. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's so different from, you know, New York or, or LA or even Atlanta, uh, things are getting better. They're they're building more and more facilities here. I, I just read like two days ago they're building a, a, a studio complex in Mansfield. What of all okay. places? Yeah, yeah, like a, a multi million dollar studio that's going to you know try and attract Hulu and, and Netflix and all kinds of other productions. I mean, who knows well, how successful great. they'll be? And you know, I've heard that HBO is building a new facility, a new studio down outside of Austin. Oh. Um, I mean, lot, lots more going on in Austin, it seems, these days. Right. But still, I mean, just from Austin to Dallas, there seems to be a lot of action going on now. Uh-huh. Um, when I first started, like back in 92, uh, things were still kind of popping around here. I mean, you still had Walker, Texas Ranger, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Chuck Norris show that was filming here at the time. I believe the, the second iteration of Dallas uh, was underway uh, in the in the mid to to late nineties, mm-hmm. and so there there were a lot of you know local actors who would work on those shows, but still the, all the stars were cast out of L.A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there was really hardly anyone it's still like that. Yeah, yeah, it's still like yeah. that. Yeah, um, there are some exceptions. I mean, I know there are some actors, some very talented you know and kind of famous la actors who live in dallas but still um right, they're not homegrown yeah. here yeah. you know no uh, well yeah i mean they grew up here but still they got their start in la right and they, so, they made their name in la well i lived in la and a lot of people maybe it wasn't conscious maybe it was but it's almost like we want to succeed here so we can go home 
you know? Yeah. So that does make sense um, to me. All right, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves because let's talk about you. Well, no, it's good. But Rob, okay, so you're, let's start with your Texan. Yeah, um, Texan. Um, well, actually, I didn't move to Texas until I was probably, what, around 10 years old. It still counts. Uh, but but my, my parents, my grandparents, I mean, my, my roots go back several generations in Texas. My, mm. my parents just happened to move around a lot when I was little. But yeah, been been in in Texas since uh, 1979. It's when we moved here. I went to school in Dallas. Went to school at SMU. Oh, okay. I was a film major. You know, majored in cinema. And back then, we used wind up Bolex 16 millimeter cameras. Right. We couldn't even do sync sound, so oh. it was all silent films that we would go and add a music track to later. Uh, <laughs> I did all my film editing with a razor and tape. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wait, so you went to film school to make films, not to act? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a film. I mean, I was there to to to, to direct. I was going to be a film director. Okay. Uh, but I kind of noticed that it, I thought it was odd that nothing about the film program at the time had anything to do with acting. I thought, well, if I'm going to be a film director, should I know something about acting? Yeah. If I'm going to be working with actors. So my senior year, I I took. Uh, it's one of my electives, you know, like a intro to acting or your basic acting class. And that was the one A I made that year. <laughs> uh, everything else was pretty low. But the, the one A I made uh, was in, in the acting class. And I thought, huh, okay, maybe I, I have, maybe there's something more here for me. Maybe I might do better <laughs> in front of the camera than behind it because I'm just not that technical uh, minded. So... Uh, fast forward, uh, you know, a couple of years. I mean, right out of college, I ended up getting a job um, as a DJ. Well, not really a DJ, but I guess a DJ for a classical radio station in East Texas. Oh, you mean on the air DJ? Yeah, on the air. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. I, w- I would introduce it. Now we have you know, Mahler's Symphony Number no. Six, uh, Bruno Valter conducting the Columbia Symphony Orchestra <laughs> on KTPB. Got and the voice was, for it so, so I'd hit that, and then the, the, the symphony would play for an hour, right, you know, right. and I'd, I'd go smoke or something. Right. Uh, then then come back and say, oh, that was Mahler's Symphony Number no. Six. Up next, Beethoven. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, that's not much of a of a chatterbox. DJ, but that that's what I was doing, you know, anyway. Yeah. Right after college. Um, but then I, you know, saw some ads for this acting school in Dallas and I thought, huh, I just I really felt drawn to it, really felt sort of compelled to like, mm, maybe that's what I really need to be doing. Uh-huh. So I enrolled at KD Studio, oh, yeah. which is still there. Still there. And it's it's expanded. It's it's their 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 program has gotten bigger, but at the time um, they offered uh, like this professional actors program where they mm-hmm. would teach you, you know, all the craft of it, the skills, the business part of it. Uh, you know, they taught, you know, movement, uh, diction, voice, you know, stage combat, uh, or, you know, acting for camera, acting in theater, you know, just a pretty well-rounded acting program. And they, they were offering, you know, an associate's degree with it. And I was mm. like, well, I've already got my bachelor's. I really don't need an associate's. <laughs> right. uh, they said, well, you can still, we can still work with you. You just won't have to take those courses. And I thought, oh, cool. Yeah. So I, I only had to take the acting courses there. And, um, yeah, it was all right. I'm curious. Like, the, it's cool that they had a business prep, but how good was that, really? Uh, you know, of all the people who I went to, uh, to school with, I think only three of us are probably still acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you can't blame the school on that. That's it's no, that's just the nature of the business. Yeah. As far as you know, the business aspect goes, I mean, they 
they were pretty blunt about things, you know. Mm-hmm. All, all of our you know teachers were local working actors. That's good. Yeah. Um, they, so they everyone who's teaching was also, you know, like um, uh, my first voice coach. You know, he he had worked on JFK. He had a role as one of the you know the FBI agents or something like that. Uh, another one of my teachers, you know, he, you know, he, he wrote radio jingles. So he you heard him on the radio all the time and I'd see him on like air conditioning commercials. So you'd see, I'd see my, my teachers, you know, actually working. So I, we were being taught by working professional right. actors. Okay. So well, that was cool. That's important. I as think. opposed to just someone who had a, a theater degree from, you know, central Texas university or something uh-huh. who's uh-huh. there, you know, to, no, it, it wasn't any of that. So that was that was good. You come to KD, you're Dallas. So, like, was it hard to get an agent back then? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, they, they had a showcase. So after you went through the, the two years uh, at KD Studio, they had a big, you know, showcase uh, where you would come out and do a scene or do a monologue. They invited all the local agents and, and whatnot with you to, to, to watch you. And, you know, the, afterwards, a lot of people would get approached and you know, get signed by a, a local agent. And that didn't happen mm. uh, for me at that time anyway. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, that, that didn't work out. But um, I had some friends from that I met there at KD and they were, you know, let's get like a little comedy troupe together. Let's do some, some comedy sketches and stuff. So I thought, Oh, okay. I, I, I can, I, I enjoy doing that. So I, you know, hooked up with a few people, uh, little groups here and there that uh, we would do uh, like shows at the pocket sandwich theater and some other venues around the place. I mean, there's never any audience for it really, but it was mm-hmm. fun. I enjoyed doing it and it was good practice for me. Um, but that sort of led me to um, a guy coming to town um, named Randy Bennett. And Randy was the director of education for the Groundlings in L.A. Mm. So he had worked closely with, like, you know, Phil Hartman, you know, John Lovitz, uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman, you know, Paul Rubens. Mm-hmm. So that those were all, you know, basically his classmates. And then he went on as, you know, to be the director of education there for the Groundlings. So his idea was to sort of do a Groundlings Dallas. Mm. So he came to Dallas and he started um, a school uh, called Lone Star Comedy. And I was in the very first group. You know, he had to audition to get in. He had to talk to him and I was able to get in. So I was in the very first group uh, with a lot of what I consider at the time pretty accomplished local Dallas actors, far more accomplished than I was. Mm-hmm. You know, people who had been, you know, stand-up comedians, uh, locally famous radio personalities, uh, things of that nature, uh, guys who'd done theater for years. You know, some very established actors were in this initial group. Um, and even the, the, the two or three classes that came afterwards were, were you know, some you know, pretty pretty strong, you know, actors around around town. So I went through, you know, the, that program doing the, um, the four levels, you know, I mm-hmm. guess the groundlings had something similar, like yeah, you go yeah. through these different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, you know, level four, you know, we had our big showcase and everything and, uh, someone who had represented some of the other people in the group approached me, said, you're in, if you want to be in, 
Uh, so mm. yeah, I, I'd like to be in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so that that's how I got signed with uh, with Sharon uh, Sharon Howell. Uh, she had her own agency at the time called Double Take Talent, and you know, two or three of my friends from Lone Star Comedy were with her. And then a few years later, she joined the Campbell Agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she brought all of her talent with her. So that's how I ended up at the Campbell Agency, where I still am today. And that's that's one of the you know the top agencies in town, yeah, for sure. Everyone's going to argue, well, who's the best? I, I don't know. All I know is you know Campbell's been good. They, um, I, I've enjoyed working with them. They do print, they do voiceover, they they do the full gamut. So yeah. it's a full service. Yeah, I always agency, feel like you know the answer to like who's the best agent is like the one that gets me work. Yeah, you know, but I mean. but then the the thing is, I mean, all the agents submit everyone for the same projects around here. Yeah, because there's not that so much. It, so the the you know, it's not like one's doing more than the other. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's like who who's who's going to book you? You know that, that 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 doesn't really depend on your agency so much. Okay, you know, as as long as they're they're pushing you because you know, as long as your agent is a franchised agent and they have the the the, the the right connections to get you the auditions sure. that you want, then that's fine. Yeah. After that, it's out of their hands anyway. Yeah. No, I remember the, the guy. I've, yeah. I'm bitter. <laughs> my LA agent. I'm going to tell any of those stories right now. Let's get a little bit more into the scene here. I I admit I got to town, and I got a, my old agent in Austin, and I did one job, and I was like, mm, I'm done. Like I don't want to drive to Austin. I mean, I think one week I drove to Austin seven times. I had three callbacks. Yeah, I got one part that I got cut out of, and I'm, I got better. I did in L.A. actually, <laughs> which is sad. But I was like, you know, and I started doing the photography, so I was like, I can't commit to a photo gig, and then I get, have to cancel it that day. So I mean, that's the thing with being an actor. Like having a regular job is tricky. Yeah, yeah, that w- that was tough. Um, yeah, trying to find a you know a, a survival job. Mm-hmm. And um, and still act, you know, that has always been the challenge. So, I mean, I've been pretty fortunate uh, for the most part to always have jobs that allowed me the flexibility to uh, to take off when I needed to, you know, because, um, yeah, all those stupid drives to Austin. Mm-hmm. Luckily, those are a thing of the past now because now everything's on Zoom. Oh, okay. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. pretty much I, I, I can't remember the last time I did an in-person audition. Weird. Uh, I hated those. I never felt like I connected once on one of those. I mean, I, granted, I've come to the point where I'm like, I just sucked as an actor. <laughs> well, no, that's <laughs> not true. Of, well, <laughs> okay, I sucked at auditioning. Well, that is true. Okay, that is definitely true. <laughs> yeah, I, I never saw your audition, so I can't. I can't. But, but yeah, I've worked with you, so I know you're a good actor. Yeah. No, I mean, I should say it like this. I feel like I know more than. I mean, I feel like I'm a better actor than I ever was. Uh-huh. But I have like so little. In, in fact, I had someone offered me a role in L.A. very recently. That I was going to film in my studio myself, and I got close to it, and I was like, I don't, I, no, I don't really want to do this anymore. I just, I turned it down. Wow. Um, I know it sounds weird. <laughs> I mean, because like for me, and maybe it's true for you. Like I, I must have quit acting ten or fifteen times. I used to think the secret of success was you had to quit and not care, but that's not true, really. For well, us, yeah, I've, I've heard that too. I've, I've read so many stories about so and so. You know, had finally quit acting. They were they were done with it. Then they got the call like two months oh, later from friend, Netflix. I, know, I have a friend that was on CSI Miami that that actually happened, but yeah. it's the only person I know that really happened. I, I, I've heard about two or three, um, you know, actors who you know ended up on on major 
shows who had recently decided to stop Just acting. Be done, yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I need to quit too. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I've done it like ten times. <laughs> I mean, I'm done now, but yeah. But no, I I love it too much to ever ever want to quit. I just want to keep keep rolling. Well, it. I just feel like from an outside view, you have a really good groove with it. Like you seem to get into different projects. Um, you seem to be having fun. You get, I mean, the roles you get sometimes are really outrageous. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, why would you quit that, right? Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm, I'm not doing it for money or for fame. I'm yeah. doing it because... I'd rather spend a weekend acting than just sitting around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't care if I'm not getting paid. If it's a role that I connect with, if it's something I want to do, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Yeah. And if I get paid, great. If I don't, well, then it's, it's going to be something that I want to be doing. I'm not going to show up, you know, and, and act for free for some something that, uh, that doesn't interest me. Sure. Um, and there, there's a lot of stuff out there that no longer interests me. Uh-huh. And, I, uh-huh. and I no longer, I'm at a point now where I don't need just to, do something for my reel, you know, everyone's yeah. trying to look for something to add to their reel and, uh, <laughs> right. which is important. Yeah. You know, that's, it, it's, it's tough for some people to get. They just, I just tell them, man, do student films. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've done some high school films. I got some footage that was great, better than the, the supposedly professional, uh-huh. you know, jobs that I booked around here. Cause yeah. they, shoot, some of these yeah. private schools around here, the equipment they have yeah, and the professors they, just, they have. Right. I mean, yeah, for those that don't know, real it's a demo reel. It's like clips oh, yeah. of like different things you've been in. I remember in LA, I mean, I was doing a lot of extra work and we were trying to like, how do you like put a voice in that where it looks like you said something when you didn't? Like that's how bad it was for, for me back there. But anyway, that's... Well, one of the things they do around here is, I mean, you can pay someone, they'll write a little scene for you and they'll film it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, cost you about a thousand bucks or something, but they'll, they'll give you, you know, a little five minute film featuring you right. that you can use for your reel. And you know, that's, that's one way to go. That way you're, it's definitely showcasing your strengths, but again, it's something that you're having to, to it's, pay for. It's cool. But I just feel like in this day and age, like you could make your own five minute film like just as easily and not pay, you know, maybe you pay a little bit for certain things, but not a thousand dollars even, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So we met at T-Bell yeah. acting studio and mm-hmm. then I got this weird job, uh, doing like pretending to be a patient Uh huh. and then I brought you in and then you now did. you like took over. So like talk about that for a minute. Yeah. In fact, I'm still doing it. They, yeah, that weird how things kind of work out. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you you brought me on to be a standardized patient for Texas A and M Medical School. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we're we're fake patients like that Seinfeld episode that people. But oh not, yeah, I saw Kramer. Yeah, yeah remember? But he, not anything like it's that. It's nothing. It's nothing like Seinfeld. <laughs> right. I wish it was. I wish it was. You wish it was. Yeah, that would be yeah. much more fun than the real. Right. Well, the reality is kind of cool. It's um, fun. I remember. You know, it was it was after I'd been doing it for like you know two or three months. T. Bill, Teresa, our, our acting coach, she was like, "Something's different about you. You're, you're better. Well, mm-hmm. You've been going to like some other. You've been going to other acting teachers." And I was <laughs> like, "No, no, no." no. <laughs> right. I said, "No, no. I've been, I've been, you know, doing this, and it, it did really kind of hone my acting skills in a way because I was always, you know, the the improv comedian. I was always the yuckster. I was always, you know, trying to make the guy at the back of the theater laugh, which." doesn't work for film uh-huh. 
Yeah. For film, you got to bring everything in and be as real as possible. And for this job, that's exactly what you had to do. Because right. you had the med student who was like a foot in front of you, and you had to convince that student you were who you said you were, you had what you said you had, and and convince them that you know you were really you know Larry Grimes with an upper respiratory infection. <laughs> you know, right. you, you would have to talk like this, and you would have to show pain, and you would and you'd have to yeah. be, you'd have to be real. Yeah, you know, there there's no hamming it up when you're when you're a standardized patient, yeah. and so that that helped me a lot as a film actor. Interesting, actually, it really helped me you know get real and bring things in, and not always try and you know be the be the yuckster that I had been for so long in these improv comedy groups. Right. You know? Yeah, for me it was I looked at it as it was a true character yeah. study because every kid like t- sometimes 10 are asking you everything about you in a completely different order mm-hmm. and there is no way to memorize it like a script. No. And I mean that's that's kind of why I stopped doing it because I started getting really stressed out with the memorization. And I oh, had really? these jobs where I didn't have enough time to, I was like, I'm at this job until 10 PM and I, I'm going to get up at 7 AM and do this. And I can't remember anything anymore. That was, that was one reason I quit. We know the other reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, you know, the director at the time, I guess she saw I had an aptitude for it. So she kind of made me her assistant and then she basically just sort of started grooming me to eventually take over because, I mean, she, she wanted to move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a PhD. She, she was overqualified for the job she had. Mm-hmm. So she was looking for something else. So she was basically training me to take over. So when she left, that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. so then I started running a program. And, and it was great for a long time because I still had all the flexibility um, still able to do everything I wanted to do as far as auditions and jobs and, and whatnot. But all that's kind of changing. Things change. Mm-hmm. Administrations change. People in charge change. So uh, I'm still doing it, but uh, I, I may be doing it in a, in a reduced c- capacity. Okay. Just, and, and that's you know, my, my choice. Sure. Uh, because I, I, like, I, I, I have to keep doing what I want to do. Yeah. If, if I can't keep acting, then what's the point? Of, of doing this job yeah um, so another thing is now i'm more of an administrator i don't get to get into the room with the students right. so much anymore i'm the i'm the trainer administrator scheduler all the boring stuff that i don't like <laughs> right yeah it's, it's yeah it's like you get you're, you're so qualified that now you don't get to do the fun stuff anymore. yeah exactly i'm i i'm i'm a, I'm a big kid i, I want to keep doing the fun stuff yeah keep playing yeah yeah exactly um talk to me a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you're how involved you're, but like I, I think you've won some Rack Focus awards. Yeah, Talk yeah. Talk to me I, about Rack Focus a little bit. Um, yes, that was like a local film competition. Is it still I guess happening. Or? Uh, yeah, it's still. In fact, they're about to start. What round thirteen or fourteen? Okay. I think they they tend to do uh, like three rounds a year, uh, and it, it's one of those things where you know you uh, basically go you sign up say hey i have a team we 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 want to do a short film and there's um rules that you have to go by and like you pay i think a hundred dollars to enter and um basically as long as you get your film submitted on time and you know it it meets the the time limits you're in the you're in the festival Mm -hmm. uh and then they'll they'll have a screening and then they'll have judges there who will vote on the films, they'll give feedback on the films, the audience will do the same. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, when it first started out, it was it was really popular. I think like, uh, you know, you, you would have like thirty or forty films. Mm. I actually I actually did a film. I actually did uh, produce and direct and star in my own rack focus film. I believe for round three, mm. didn't win anything, but it, it was you know it was fun and it was an experience. Uh, just to get out there and you no know, one's going to make any money off mm-hmm. these little films. These are 10 minute films. Yeah. But it's just, it's just kind of, I mean, I think it's a cool way to get people to see your, film it is in, in a room where you can get a reaction out of it. It is. You get to sit in a room, you get to sit in a, you get to see yourself on, on, a, on the big screen because yeah. these are shown in actual movie theaters. That's cool. So you see yourself on the big screen and you get to hear the audience reaction. You get to get some feedback from the judges, which is questionable at times. I mean, <laughs> some judges have been better than others. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I, I won a couple of Best Actor awards, and that was back when they would have you know thirty or forty films to choose from. So nice. I thought, yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of it is I lucked out and was just in some really good films. I had some great writing, uh, and I got to play a, a character that just really fit me. Right. So a lot of that was you know just fortunate, you know, on my end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you executed. You, you nailed, yeah, you I know, mean, it's. Not I guess it's best. better to, to get to get it than not get it. But at the, yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, you know, it's 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 fine. It's cool. It's, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's just, cool. It's cool to like to be recognized. You know, yeah, I've yeah. never I've never won any awards. Yeah, I mean, I, I and, and I did. I mean, some of those films went on to some other festivals, and I won, you know, best actor awards at those other festivals too. Yeah. So it wasn't just just rack focus because that's the thing. If you if you make a rack focus film, you can enter it. In a, you know, any, any place else it's not sure. exclusive oh, okay so uh yeah a lot of those films would go to other festivals and and, and play and, and play well and uh so yeah um so let's maybe visit some of your favorite roles oh let's see i really didn't get serious about doing film work until about like 2012 2013 up until then i i was just only taking what my agent sent me and just mm. wasn't really trying to submit for anything else. But then I, you know, I started talking to people and, and, and found out there's this whole other world of, of films that were being done, the student films, independent films, the short films that, you know, didn't pay. So your agent's not going to send you out on those. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I, I, I want to do those. I, I want to I make a movie. You know, I don't care how small it is. I don't care how small my part is. I want to get in front of a camera and do some work. Mm-hmm. So around that time, I just started, you know, submitting for things and, um, I, uh, you know, after, and this was after I started with T-Bell, uh, but, but, you know, a few months after I started, you know, with, with Teresa, I started, you know, booking things. It's amazing how, how, how training and, uh, classes do actually help you. It's funny. Huh? Uh, yeah. So I actually, I got better, believe it or not. And those, that money I paid for those acting classes paid off. And so I started booking, you know, some, some short films here and there, uh, uh, one of the first ones I did that I kind of enjoyed, I, I played this, uh, uh, this, uh, Nazi, this SS officer <laughs> who, uh, sort of torments this, um, this GI. It's, it's a really bizarre, it's, it's a very surreal little film. And I, I end up getting, you know, the hell beat out of me and everything, but, but, it, but, it, but it was fun cause I really got to play a character at that time and, and it looked great I mean, when i saw the footage i was like wow hmm. you know like they were using these 
they rented these seventy thousand dollar anamorphic lenses to put on their red camera, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> that's so awesome! It's not just someone's, you know, little." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I didn't even think about it like that. It's like you're not getting paid, but like, how else are you going to get shot on such amazing equipment? Yeah, yeah. Know? And these were these were like you know these were professionals who they they were like commercial. Film, they, they made commercials. Uh-huh. And so this is something that they would do on their weekends, you know, to be creative. So um, this, this, it was just my chance to get out there and, 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 and play. And I got to, you know, do my German accent. And <laughs> it wasn't very good, but it was, I guess, better than the other people who auditioned. So <laughs> the best German Texan <laughs> yes, accent. My best German accent. Yes, I, I, I played it very well. Uh, <laughs> So that was that was called uh, I think Leap Now in, Into the Fire. I, I doubt you can see it anywhere. But but that was that was my first experience, like you know, with a like a someone putting like latex, you know, prosthetic makeup on me, you know, wearing you no know, authentic uniforms and being somewhat professional, uh, you know, professional set, professional filmmakers and and whatnot. And actually, I think I did get paid for that. Hmm. It wasn't much, but I, I think I did get paid. So that was like one of my very first paid film roles. So that that it's, it's memorable more for that. Um, but but probably um, the film that I guess sticks out the most uh, was my first actual true feature that actually did something that I did with my my partner in crime, Kristen Keith, uh, who, who who's in the audience here, being being very quiet. <laughs> very quiet. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll try and get her to laugh at some point because it, you know, it'll, it'll pick it up. <laughs> anyway, we, we did a film together. It was, a, it was a feature film called The Scientist, and we shot that back in 2017. Um, we were the two leads, so I was the scientist. She played my dying wife, who I was trying to save, um, this is something that we shot, you know, over a course of like three or four months, mostly on the weekends and, and whatnot. And so, um, you know, the film has gotten, uh, <laughs> if you want to get scared, it's not the movie to watch. It's not, it's even though, mm-hmm. it, even though it ended up being marketed as a horror film, it, it's really not. Uh, but it was kind of cool because it eventually got, you know, released on DVD. Like we got to go to Walmart <laughs> and see it there on the shelf. It's like, wow, nice. there's a movie that we did that we starred in there on the shelf in Walmart. You know, you, you turn over the back, there's our names. Look, there, there's, there's my picture there on the back. They left her out for some stupid reason. Uh-huh. Put somebody else on there. They, they, at least they spelled her name right. They didn't spell my name right on the box. So I was like, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but did you go around like in Walmart, like holding, like just what, next to your face? Yeah, yeah. We 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 we, uh, we took about a hundred selfies there and, and, and pictures at Walmart. You know, holding up the, the DVD and, <laughs> really and, this, and this was during during COVID. This was like right after uh, some of the. COVID sort of relaxing where, you know, Walmart was open again, but everyone's still walking around in masks. We're taking our mask off and, you know, doing, doing shots of us with our DVD cover. So that was really, you know, um, really cool, really memorable. Um, that was a lot of fun. But as far as, you know, other roles, I think I did an episode of Murder Made Me Famous. Uh, that was fun. That looked really good. That was on the Reels channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's still around Reels. So. They do a lot of... Uh, you know recreations they do a uh 
true crime, true stories, you know, the, the so-and-so story or whatever. So this uh, was the, the was it Natalie Holloman, I think. She's one who went to Aruba and was murdered by this Dutch kid who's a real piece of, piece of shit. Can I, can, I, can, I say, can I say that on your podcast? Yeah, sure. Yeah, a real piece of shit. Anyway, so I played his, his even, you know, his bigger piece of shit dad. <laughs> so I got to have a Dutch accent and, you know, I went in and... but. It, it, it's funny because it, it was all shot, you know, in, in Dallas and people are thinking that, you know, you, you watch the show, you think we actually went to the Caribbean to, to yeah. shoot it, but we didn't. But the magic of it, uh, it, That was cool. That was fun. And then recently, um, I did a episode of The Chosen, which is a very, very, very popular Christian mm. series. Uh Based on you know the life of, of Jesus and 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 mostly the apostles, it's really more about about the apostles than it is about Jesus, and um, it's it's very well done. I mean, they have a massive budget. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was shocked at, but but it's it's worldwide because they have their own streaming service. So like you you download their app and you can watch all their shows, and that's where they sort of like say you know pay it forward so people contribute you know money. They 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 it's like an offering for them to to give money you know to the chosen, huh. and that's where they get their budget uh, to do the show. And so they flew me out to Utah uh, to tape. What ended up was like I'm only on screen for barely a minute. It's it, uh, probably less than a minute, but they they flew me, you know, first class out to Utah and put me up because there's this huge ancient Jerusalem set that the Mormons built. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So they, they would go out there, yeah, because you go you go to Jerusalem these days, it's all modern, yeah, you know. But so well, and also it's a lot of other complicated, yeah, expensive, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they there was this huge. Jerusalem set, you know, out out in Utah that they uh, that I went out to and spent a, a half day, you know, shooting. You know, I didn't even have any lines, and but still they really they, yeah they like well we wanted a strong actor to to play this role because you know you don't have any lines so we need someone who can okay give us I was like oh okay I'm I'm happy to be here thank you yeah, yeah. We had my own trailer and everything there's I was gotta like, be something we can learn from that to make our own like how do we get like you know it's crowdsourcing but like at another level like yeah I guess you gotta have some like really good spiritual like bonuses or something I don't know. uh well i mean you know having having a, a popular religion i it probably helps huh uh, <laughs> do we have to start a religion to do this that might be a take yeah, a well, this, i know some other people have done it yeah. so yeah they, they don't tend to let, they usually end up with everybody dead at the end so. yeah well elron those people are still alive uh, and kicking oh well, yeah yeah okay uh, we went we went there um, anyway but that yeah. was uh that was a memorable thing that i did recently that was that's uh, interesting that was cool, that's actually Wild, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, it definitely different. Something I wasn't expecting. I'd actually, you know, auditioned for the role of Pontius Pilate. Huh. Uh, but they cast someone who's like 20 years younger than me, so I really can't compete with yeah, that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that happens. I mean, it does. Um, how about any advice you got for a, an actor getting going out here in North Texas? Uh, get into a class. I mean, really, um, so many people think, oh, I'm a natural actor. My, my parents said so. Or all my friends think I'm funny. Right. Or I I don't have to memorize stuff, but if I have to, I can. And I'm like, okay, whatever. That's not going to help you on a film set. But really, getting into an acting class is not only good just because you'll end up being a better actor, but the people that you meet. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you, you'll get to a certain level, like, you know, like in, in T-Bells where we were, I mean, there, that class was full of working actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, working actors still train. And so you, you want to be around other actors who are working because they'll recommend you for jobs. Right. I've, I've, got, I've got several jobs from, you know, just people I was in class with because they knew I was good or they knew what I could do. Uh, they knew I could be counted on. Um, so that's a, and, and, and I've done the same. I've been in so many productions where they say, gosh, uh, we, we need someone who's, you know, like some, uh, like a 20 something year old guy. Do you know anybody, Rob? They're like, yeah, there's this guy in class who's great. He'd be mm-hmm. perfect for it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting the part because I recommend him. Right. You know, cause I can, I can honestly say he is good. I watch him act every week. Right. Uh, and so people can say the same thing about you, you know, if you're in a class. Mm-hmm. So getting in, getting into a class that, you know, where other working actors go is probably the n- number one thing mm-hmm. I would recommend. If yeah. you're going to try and do it without, you're on your own, buddy. I, I can't help you. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. What are you working on now that we can find you? Uh, let's see. Um I did shoot a film, uh, speaking of interesting films, uh, last year, I think, Kanani, when was that? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it was the Nigerian film, actually, uh, that they filmed, like, 60% of it was in Nigeria, and, like, 40% was, like, shot here in North Texas, uh, of course, in the North Texas part. I played the, played the bad guy, uh, spoiler. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that film is just now starting to come out, it just played like the Pan African Film Festival in L.A., and they're going to start. And it may get a, it may be the first film that I've been in that I had a significant role in that's going to get a theatrical release. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the goal. They keep saying that it, it will, whether it does or not. If it does, it'll probably be something limited, mm-hmm. you know, like a, you know, independent theaters, something that might play the Angelica or the Magnolia or some, you know, Mm -hmm. I I doubt you're going to see it at your local Cinemark. Um, But I don't know, you might. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that, that film is hopefully coming out soon. Um, I recently, Kristen and I also recently did a a horror film called Wicked Season uh, that we, we played some, some uh, monstrous uh, (laughs) characters. So that, that should be, coming out probably you know within about a year or so uh help me help me out i'm sorry chris and i we 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 work together all the time we've done like over 30 films together so sometimes i have to try and remember what all what all we've done that's coming out that we're working on are you still doing the podcast or no no yeah yeah we were in a podcast together for years called far out fiesta that was it was all scripted Mm -hmm. where we would just play different characters with different voices I don't know how much of an audience we ever had, but <laughs> we just had a blast doing it. And, and honestly, like I, I know it really helped our voiceover uh, work because we would have to do so many different characters mm-hmm. every week on the fly, typically, that it, it really helped in that respect. And plus, it was just fun. Right, right. It was just fun to do. Right on. I bet you, are you having fun doing this? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, how Well, first of all, it's weird because... I don't really have great analytics, access to great analytics. So I don't know even how it, like if I go out in the world, someone talks to me, I'll know, but otherwise, um, but it's fun. And I've gotten some interesting jobs already because of this. I think people are like, Oh, that guy does that. Oh, he does that. And they've hired me. So that's, 
Oh. Not how, why I was doing it, but... Yeah, because this has, like, nothing to do with rock and roll photography. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, I mean, you know... But you're great at, by the way. I've enjoyed your, your oh, photos that thanks, you've been man. posting. Thanks, so. man. I yeah. mean, I think what it is is that if you're going to be a public perso- persona... Yeah. The more good content of different things you put out there, just the more you're in people's mind, you know? Well, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I not only study with Teresa Bell, but I also do it online with Glenn Morshower. And and Glenn, he, he's he's based, he lives in Dallas. He grew up in Dallas, but he's one of those guys that, you know, is probably the most successful actor in this in this town. Hmm. Uh, if you look him up, you'll recognize him. I mean, he's he's been the general in all the Transformers films. Uh, he's the general in all the Call of Duty video games. Mm. Uh, he's been in Twenty Four, uh, Ozark. Uh, he, he's he's pretty much worked with everybody, and so he is like the consummate you know professional film and television actor. And so his classes are very valuable mm-hmm. because I mean he he's still doing it. I mean he he's working all the time. He will still do class from his hotel room in whatever town he's filming in. That's cool. And 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 he also he's a motivational speaker as well. And so one of the things he told us that this really resonated with me and one of the reasons I was excited when you invited me to do this podcast with you is he said, you know, it's not who you know. That's that's bullshit. Um, it's who knows you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so you got to you got to make sure you got to get your name out there. You got to get your face out there and you got to get people to know who you are. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do anything in this business, just knowing who the top casting directors does, you no good if they don't know who you are. It's true. So it's true. That's that's one of the things that I kind of want to start focusing on because I've been really, really crappy about my own personal. I've never been a big self promoter, but I guess yeah, you, I mean, you I feel have like to be. I feel like we like missed that curve a little bit the younger generation just like gets the social media and the self-promotion and how it connects also if you go to la now i think you have to like if you're trying to get an agent they're like looking at your instagram followers and stuff and i'm like i am i mean i got hacked last year so i lost my whole old instagram and uh so my new one's like you know tiny at julio photo i'm just saying that now because maybe five people will follow nobody ever follows for anything follow julio photo instagram yeah Um, no it's yeah you got lots of cool stuff on your so uh, that that's a shame, man. Yeah. That, that that sucks. It's because uh, Meta doesn't have any real people working there because it would have taken one second to. Fix I, yeah, it. I think both of us, Kristen and I, also both gotten we, separately. Our accounts got impersonated, didn't get hacked, but like someone, you know, like someone like made like a, a very similar, you know, Rob is... Dot Hudsmith instead of Rob Dash Hudsmith actor, and they they basically swiped, they basically copied all of my photos I had posted. Then they contacted all of my all of my followers, trying to you know say that I needed money or oh, something. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So, and I think with Ridiculous. Kristen, they were like trying to like you know promote their porn site or mm. whatever. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, she I mean, had lots I'm, of interesting. You probably left a lot of money on the table, but yeah, we uh, respect it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey Rob, thanks again for stopping by. Look out for some of these projects. Uh, yeah, uh, look out for Wicked Season. Look out for Kanani. Hopefully, I'll have. Some of my own personal content I'll be, you know, posting in the very near future. I'd like to thank my guest, Rob Hutzman, for joining me today. Theme song, Unstoppable by Celine Narala. You can check out the Dallas Famous podcast every week on Beat Elm Radio, Sundays and Tuesdays at 1 p.m., and then again on all the podcast places. 